Sunday, September 5th, Warner Brothers Podcast. Kyle Warner joined by my brother, Keenan Warner. Keenan Warner here. Younger brother, uh, your last podcast in the 802 before you moved to uh, to Tampa to follow Tom Brady, as yep. you said. Yep. Uh, any any emotions leaving here? Like, is there anything anything in particular you're going to miss the most? Like, today was your last day at Cajun Snack Bar. That's the last I'm going to have. I feel like that's the one you're going to miss the most. Cajun, for lol, I mean, probably like, more than my family even, but... right. <laughs> No, but uh, definitely I'm gonna miss occasions. Gonna miss <laughs> um, a lot of the things that I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna probably realize as I'm going down. Like it's hard to think now. Like obviously you know the re- like family, friends, and things like that. You miss stuff like Tuesday pickup. Yeah, like, like Tuesday. That. Like, and those are the things I'll miss more as I get down there. And I'm like, oh wait, I'm playing basketball down there. It's like, oh, there's just different. It's like mm-hmm. it's a different crew, different kind of thing, or. Monday and Wednesday softball when I did that. So it's like, those are the things I'll miss, but that will come over time because I obviously I'm fresh off of doing it, so I don't miss it. True. I don't miss it yet. So those are the things that will probably happen over time, but right now mainly family and friends and kind of the familiarity of this um, the area, but I know I'm ex- I'm excited to get to a new one. For sure, for sure. So we're, the show will be continuing. We might have a little bit of a hiatus. Who knows? I mean, we got football coming this Thursday, actually. Yep. So Bucks ex- and Cowboys. That's gonna be a great one. Yeah. So I don't expect too much of a layoff from us, but maybe expect a little bit. Like we just, had, you know, going through the packing, going through the moving, all that. So, but be on the lookout. Either way, but Friday, two a.m. It finally dropped. Long wait, nine month wait. What certified was certified lover boy? Certified lover boy. What is, I want to say your review, what's your reaction? You've had a couple days to sit with it. You actually had a softball tournament this weekend, so I don't know how much you actually listened to it. Yeah, I was able I was able to give every track a listen so far. Did you stay I, up till 2 a.m. the first night? Um, or did you catch it when you woke up the next morning? Actually, I was, I was up until like 5.30 a.m. in a weird story. A good, not all that weird. Joe DiZazzo came and then... Danny's brother came to get a bike at like 6.30 a.m., but I ended up falling asleep at like 4.30. I fell asleep listening to the album. Then I had to wake up to bring a dehumidifier downstairs that her brother wanted. Then I listened to the album again and fell asleep to it. So I kind of was like in and out of listening to it. And then this weekend was hard to find full spots where I could sit down and enjoy it. But I heard... I was um because there was music just playing around, so I heard songs like uh, "Girls Want Girls" mm-hmm. because that song is very popular and like one of the big hits from that. So I was able to listen to, I was able to give every song a listen, but I wasn't able to get as in depth with it as I wanted. So what's uh, your your first real impressions of it then, from I, what you've heard? I do like it better. I like it better than Scorpion, mm-hmm. and I like it better than Views off of my first reaction to it for mm-hmm. sure. It's not, so far, it's not his best album. Like, you know, we're talking about, I think this could possibly could be his best album ever. Mm-hmm. To me, it hasn't gotten those vibes so far, but I know I haven't been able to sit down and enjoy it as such yet. Uh, the Drake that I love on that, um, Champagne Poetry, I love the remorse. Because I love, I, Drake's intros and outros for me are like, almost can't misses, can't miss. The remorse is, that's probably my favorite track on the whole album, actually. Yeah, both the, the intro and outro, because every intro and outro pretty much of Drake's, 
Like, I'm trying to think of one I don't like right now. Mostly every intro and outro of Drake's I very much enjoy because the outro is always introspective Drake, and that's mm-hmm. the Drake I love. And then the intro, to, and Drake's intros are like, I guess that's something he focuses on and something he hones in on is a great intro to every project. He does. He has good intros on some. I went and looked back because I was like, let me see. And there were some that he missed on. There were some like I don't, I don't care for fireworks. I, I don't remember them all off the top. See, but I love fireworks. I do like "Over My Dead Body" is one of my favorite Drake one. songs. Uh, Tuscan leather. He that's goes off. Um, then I can't remember if you're reading this is too late. I Keep the f- um, yeah, I do like legend. That just good intro. Keep it. Uh, He's keep, good, but yeah, keep the family close is the one off of views, which is some of his actual best singing. And then, oh, I can't. Oh my gosh, I can't remember the name of the one off Scorpion. Survival. I did like survival. Survival doesn't get um, too deep into anything because he just kept saying, "Now let me not get ahead of myself." And um, but I do like I do like survival most. Like and I'm not sure if Drake has a intro that i don't actually like so that was expected for me that in that beat was interesting it kind of threw me off at first because champagne just, poetry yeah and that beat kind of threw me off because it never bit. dropped it never and dropped it switched up i like it oh i loved it it just took the first listen you were like because you kind of anticipated as like your ear because you're used to hearing certain things so you're like mm-hmm. these uh the samples kind of going all over the place for a second but it really was actually cohesive and then the beat just didn't fully drop when you were expecting it to and then there was the beat switch but yep no i like i definitely like the intro and outro uh way too sexy could go that's the one off this album that's you don't so you, you i don't do not like, like way too I, sexy. I don't but i i guess that's just me in that like that style that's the one for that's the one for you that you enjoy that's gonna be the one that the that they're gonna put that's gonna be the biggest one that's the one we're gonna yeah, hear oh, for yeah. years to come that's the one that we're gonna hear anytime you're at really any spot you know yeah no it sounds like 2 8 2 18 a.m to me you know yeah. what i mean oh no i it it definitely and definitely hearing things in a club like when we went on the cruise and i heard uh Tatiana in a club setting rather mm-hmm. than hearing it outside of it because i'd never heard it in that setting yeah it sounds different like, True. just because like because you hear that you focus more on the instrumental of it and then you will focus more on the quotable lines rather than focusing on every single you know, to me, that is. There's most definitely different music for different vibes. That's yeah. for sure. And so, I just, I personally don't like the song in general at all. Maybe if I was to hear it in a different setting, it would change my mind. But off of first listen to that, that song just annoyed me. Interesting. Annoyed. All right. Personally, all right. I don't know. Like, the high, future's high pitch, and I, I don't know. It just annoyed me. He was high pitch? I don't think he was it's, high pitch in that. Like, the way he said "too sexy" just felt a little. I don't know. I don't know. It just, the the song just bothered me, and maybe I'm, and maybe just off the first listen, I'm not giving it enough credit. But personally, for me, this song annoyed me. I I remember hearing it, listening to it the first time, and thinking to myself, "Wow, this I do not like this." I have a few takeaways from this album. A, I just want to say it's a good album. Like it's definitely yeah. a good listen. I agree. Um, I. I've listened to it quite a bit this weekend, like just here and there, just trying to get a feel for it because I've had, <coughs> excuse me, I've had a few different reactions to it. Mm-hmm. Like the first time I listened to it, I was like, oh, it's listenable. It's not really what I was expecting, but it's good, right? The next time I listened to it in my car, I liked it even more. 
then Friday night, I wasn't doing much, so I played it, played it in my room, just listening to it, like having it on the background, and I really liked it. Uh, the main takeaway I have from this, and you know, Drake's plenty guilty for this, especially after I think his first two albums, mm-hmm. or maybe in the first three, but he's really started with if you're reading this too late, he'll really just kind of jump on a style or whatever. Whatever wave's kind of high, like we've seen him try to do it with the drill music, yep. and he'll kind of, you know, try it out, and it usually ends up being immensely popular for him, regardless, regardless if it's good or bad or what you think of it. It's Drake, so it gets a lot of listens. Of you know? course, this particular album, I was surprised by how much it sounded like some of the songs, like some of these songs, like you said, "Champagne Poetry," "The Remorse." Uh, what's the other one? You only live twice with Lil say, Wayne and Rick Ross. Lil Wayne had a really when nice Drake does the uh, yeah he do, he killed it he killed it that's a great song that's one of the best in the album yes as well but when he gets in like the Rick Ross like twenty million dollar beat sounding mm-hmm. beats you know what I'm talking about like those real they sound like they sound like yacht music is what it sounds yeah. like uh, Drake does it incredible on those so you know that's his bag kind of. He's he, got, like, the remorse is definitely, like, a throwback Drake 40 track. You know what I mean? Like, that sounds a nice, like Drake. When you get a nice kind of, almost feels not like jazz, but if you get an R&B sample from Drake, like, on the instrumental, mm-hmm. it always feels like Drake's going to come through with a verse where you're like, okay, all right, this is the Drake I want to hear. So I'm just going to go through these in particular. Those songs are, like, familiar to Drake and what Drake sounds like from, yep. like, the beginning of his career, and they sound great. He kills them. Because yep. that's his bag. Girls Want Girls, he... Basically does a little baby cosplay. Like it literally sounds yeah. like he's being little baby. Yeah. In the Bible, he's doing Dirk's flow. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. And I would say to both of those, the next song's with Jay Z. That's a great track. Yes. Like that's a that's a classic Drake track. Then you go into Fair Trade with Travis Scott. That sounds like a Travis Scott track. And the way too sexy. That's just your typical club one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's that could be on Drake's. That could be on anybody's album. It works for Drake. But those three in particular, the. Uh, the little Derek one, the little baby, the Travis Scott, and even the Twenty One Savage one, those all sounds like songs that would be th- like on their albums, and it's just Drake kind of. It sounds like a Drake feature almost. Like mm-hmm. it, the guest features on this, I feel like outshine them. Like he when he's doing little baby on a little baby track, I feel like little baby's outdoing him. Maybe yeah, in the past, in, yeah, I was gonna say for me, I think in the past when he does shit like that like when he's doing other people's styles sometimes he kills them and that's where you know you get that standout this mm-hmm. time it feels like and i felt this way on donda too i feel like the guest features are really the stars of it and drake by no means flops on this but it's hard that's how i feel with the features yeah. in particular which is all kudos to the features too for actually coming through and, and actually giving you something absolutely which they always do the kid cuddy one like that sounds like a cuddy track my one of my favorites on this album is actually uh where's it at in too deep that features future. That sounds like a Travis Scott track. Like that sounds like it should be on Utopia when it comes out. Mm-hmm. It uses a sample of UGK, Get Throwed, which is a classic H Town song. It's got them, Zero, Jeezy, Hova. It's a great song. Great, song. one of my favorites. I was surprised to hear that sample, and I was surprised how like that sounds like it should be a Travis Scott song. Like I'm yeah. mad that's not a Travis Scott song. But that's one of my favorites on the album. That's probably second to the Remorse for me. But overall, a good album. I expected more. I was expecting more like East Coast sounding beats, like You Only Live Twice, maybe. Yeah. And him like rapping, rapping. But it was a lot more, honestly, like a future Travis Scott drug, drug rap kind of sound. Like a little bit of that, that wavy, that 
that kind of spacey music. Like he's got a lot more of that than I was expecting. So good album. Uh, I'm interested to see how it grows with me and in general because it's got a lot of different sounds I was not expecting as far as that. But good album either way. It was one of those things where it's weird because under you know how we're he's not under a major major label anymore because he's not with Cash Money, correct? He's not, but I mean uh, he's a universal artist, so well, he's yeah. always well, he's I mean, on a major label. Yeah, you could tell on like on all those kind of big albums, there's a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Like you perp- like you purposely have like a song for the club, or you have then you have a certain and with and especially with someone like Drake who hits so many different avenues, you have all of that meaning like you're gonna have songs that kind of work in every setting which is what he goes for yeah which is what he uh, goes for because he's able to adhere to this and then do this but then also give you some of that old school drake with songs like the remorse and so he kind of tries to fit everything in and the one thing that i wish this is just off of my obviously first reaction the one thing that i wish is kind of like how cole did is just do something that is more true to you than anything trying to hit all these avenues. You know what I mean? Because like Cole and his lot on the off season, that's just vintage Friday Night Lights Cole going off and not trying to find the club single, not trying to find the radio hit, not trying mm-hmm. to find all that. You're just going out there and making the music that you want to. And maybe this is the music that Drake wants. It's definitely to. the music to. that he wants to, and that's the thing. He, I just I wish he would just kind. of, I don't know. This kinda, one doesn't. Yeah. This one doesn't sound as much like he's searching for it, like he kind of wasn't like hopping on it as much as he's looking. The ones specifically, like the ones with Dirk and Baby, they're good songs, but he those ones he sounds like he mailed in. Mm-hmm. The other ones, like everything that sounds like typical Drake, like he kind of kills. Like and then the R and B jams, the one with Ty Dolla, that's another one that's good. Yeah. Oh, him. him he and kills Ty that. Sign on uh, on Scorpion had a really good track as mm-hmm. well. I can't think of the name of it right now. Uh, After Dark. Yep. After Dark was Static a really, major, yeah. Yeah, was a very good track. I love that one as well. Doll only has like a few lines at the end, but no, it's great. So like every uh, pipe down, that's one of my favorite. That sounds like a that's actually probably my favorite track on the album now that I think about it. Because that's it's R and B Drake, but it's over like a Rick Ross type yeah. type beat. And I think that's a style that needs to happen more often, is that soulful hip hop beat sounding kind of thing with R and B over it. I mm-hmm. love that kind of style. That's kind of underused in my opinion something that the weekend i could see really yeah like with the weekend tell your friends like over yeah. that kanye beat that's another one that's kind of like that that comes to mind yeah but no i like this album i it's hard to get a feel for it i can't wait to i can't wait for next week and i plan to go out and see like how it really sounds mm-hmm. if you know people are playing it yeah but uh i don't know it's not what i was expecting but it's definitely a good album like it's and it's one of my favorite drake albums if i would have to say in his yeah. catalog i'm it's not an album that I won't return to. Because, like, yeah. I know I listened... Views, it grew over time just because you heard so many of the hits off of it. And obviously mm-hmm. with Scorpion, you heard, like, In My Feelings or God's Plan or songs like that that just kind of... That played around. But it wasn't an album that if you're in the car driving yourself or if you're at home listening to music yourself, you're like, oh, let me play this track or let me play this album. Yeah, those, Views is weaker. Yeah, those, those... The last two, I could see myself going back and playing... At least if it's not the whole album, definitely tracks from this album, mm-hmm. for sure. And I'll definitely be able to give even more of my opinion and listen. Um, 7 a.m. on Bridal Path. He never misses on the uh, on the 7 a.m. You know, the time of location. 5 a.m. in Dallas, 4 a.m. in Calabasas. Yeah. 
If it if it's the morning for Drake, he's killing it. <laughs> and he did any, kill in the morning with location, J. Cole too. Right. But like <laughs> if he gives a timestamp, you know Drake's gonna kill it. That's another one. Fountains with Thames, like that's the that's the kinda this would be like African breakbeat kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um because he's done the dance hall thing before. And before it kind of sounds like like kind of like with him and Lil Baby on this album, it sounds like Drake trying to do dance hall. And it's good and it's good enough and it always ends up popular. You know what I mean? Yeah. This one with Thames, that's a real smooth track. Like a real smooth track. He sounds great on it. He sounds great on it. I was surprised he doesn't really have the uh, the like 80s kind of vibe that he goes for at times. He's like, uh, hold on, we're going home. Yeah. Feel no ways. He's kind of got that little that like 80s pop sound. I like that from him. A little bit of 808s and Heartbreak kind of sound mm-hmm. from him. I like that sound with Drake, and he doesn't really have any on here with that sound. But not like I'm impressed. I'm not impressed with it. That's that's a little far, but you're happy. I with like it. it. I'm happy with it. You're happy with it, but it's not. You're not overwhelmingly shocked by it. or like. I don't think it's an instant it. classic. Like, yeah. Obviously, grow into a classic because that's when you find out. You if, know, if it's truly what, a classic, what or is not. truly a classic? But you know, the instant ones, you know, kind of, you know, day one, hour one, really like. Mm-hmm. Daytona, you knew ten yeah. seconds into that album. What Honestly, kind of, Jake, uh, the off season, you kind the off season of, kind of felt that you, way to you, me too. You kind of knew you're like for the people because obviously you were not a, the biggest of Cole's fans, even though you're a Cole fan. Yeah, it was like I went up for, and down with him. You know? Yeah, you've been up and down. I felt like for the off season artists. for most for most Cole fans were like ah, this is the one. Like final, like not that 2014 Forest Hills Drive, but it's like the first one since that one really was like ah, that's the one. This mm-hmm. is the one I've been really waiting for for Cole. So that was kind of an instant classic-ish too. You're going to see how it translates over time as well. But this one doesn't, all from what I've heard, it doesn't feel like, oh my God. But it also is like, it's definitely a good listen. It's nothing that you, he didn't miss. He didn't, he didn't miss. Drake, he didn't usually miss. De- Drake usually delivers. He delivers. Um, But yeah, I think most people, you know, from what I was gathering, was really like, they put like this, Drake on this album, he didn't go away from anything we haven't heard him on already. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This, there was nothing new on this album. It was what's familiar and what's hot right now, like with Dirk and that baby track. Um, so I think that's what some people were looking for in this album was like, all right, Drake's done as successful as you can be on like what's current. You know what I mean? And what works for Drake? Like, like what's, is he going to rap? That's why I thought this was going to be a real rap heavy one. Yeah. And... It's really just a better produced version of all the other Drake albums we've gotten. Like, this album sounds amazing. But, yeah, I can't say it's like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? Like, we've yeah. heard Drake rap better or if not as good as he is on this album. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I, it's not disappointing at all. I think you'll like it the more you listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's definitely got some stuff on there for you. It's got some original Drake sounds on there for sure. Yeah, definitely. NFL season around the corner. Oh, NFL. I wasn't expecting that. Uh, what about it? Do you uh, say, I know we were talking a little bit before. Do you have any kind of Final Four-ish thoughts yet? I could give you... Obviously, you don't have to break down the... Or like any MVP thoughts, any... my For 4-2 day, I would say my NFC championship would be Bucks-Rams. Okay. All right. And then my okay. AFC championship would be... I'm going to go... I'm not sure how I feel about the Chiefs. 
you know i haven't seen a lot about of anything it's hard to discount them um the bills seems to be everyone's pick because they'd probably be the next best team they're loaded in the afc um them and cleveland are the two teams cleveland Cleveland has those would be the top three i don't think cleveland is ever winning a game in the history of life anymore after jake paul came out with a cleveland sports jacket Mm. For his fight with Tyron Woodley. Yeah. So, I mean, if there's a Cleveland curse, I think that's going to continue. So, I'm not <laughs> I'm not having the Bucks in the AFC. You know what? I said the Bucks, The Browns. I think the Browns make it to the AFC Championship game. I have them losing in a heartbreak fashion right now to the Bills. Ooh. So, you don't even have KC getting to the... Ooh. It's interesting. That's just a light one. No, I don't I'm, even know if I believe that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I would pick the Chiefs, but it's really... It's super hard to make the Super Bowl three years in a row. No pun intended there, but it's extremely hard to do that. And they've had they've had quite a run, to say the least. That offense is going to be unstoppable as it always is. But it's hard to ask Mahomes to do what he does. Um, and I've had this argument before with people, our friend Andrew in particular, because he's always like, "Why don't teams just go for mobile quarterbacks?" And I say, and it's not it's not cool to hear this, but it's true. Pocket quarterbacks they do get less injured than mobile quarterbacks. Like, yeah, of course. If you look at all the consecutive game starts, it's like Peyton, Eli, Brett Favre, Brett Favre, and he's he's an exception because he's he's just an Iron Man. He yeah. he's a gunslinger. Him and Tom P- Brady was up there. Yeah. If you take out his ACL injury, he probably breaks the starting game record he, that Eli was uh, going to break. Drew Brees was another Drew one Brees. who doesn't miss games. Um. So you you'll see that the pocket quarterbacks usually stay healthy, and Mahomes. We saw it. there's some wear and tear there. Like he. He can play his style and he can be successful at his style, but you know, can he stay healthy running out of the pocket like that all the time? Probably not, especially against the line the line they had last year. They beefed up their offensive line by the sounds. Yeah, uh, they they let I think they Mitchell, got a first round pick. They that, let, or a would be first round pick that they got either undrafted or late in the draft because he had some blood mm-hmm. issue. They got him early and he looks great in camp. And like then they it. traded for Orlando Brown from uh-huh. the Ravens. I was so confused of what they were doing. For the first month and a half of the offseason, and then they got the and they bolstered their line. And I was like, oh, so that's what they were doing because they let their all pro right tackle Mitchell Schwartz go, mm-hmm. which he's just chilling in free agency. I have no idea why anyone hasn't picked him up because he is one of the better right tackles in football. And then their left tackle, Eric Fisher, I believe, he's gone as well. And mm-hmm. I kind of was like, wait. The tackle position was what lost you the Super Bowl, essentially, because JPP ate you alive, Shaq Barrett ate you alive, and you're not going to replace the guys that... But then they ended up going out, and they ended up making the moves that they did. So they're they're a team that, honestly, I have a rematch of last year. And And I think it's probably will... I think this probably will be may, or one of the last years that the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl without retooling because they have the, if you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. I think this will be like kind of, because people go on like three-ish year runs depending. I know it's really hard. Obviously, it's really hard. But they go on like three or four-year runs a little bit because you have what you have under the salary cap. And then mm-hmm. I think Mahomes' deal kicks in next season. Mm-hmm. So then you lose people. You have to lose people like, oh, Tyron Matthew or Chris Jones, we can't have you back because we're paying Mahomes fifty million a year, and so you have to re and then you have to get that retool. And the really good franchises can retool and have a second run like the Patriots did. They had the, obviously their three Super Bowls in four years. 
made the Super Bowl a couple times in between. Then they had their three Super Bowls in four years again at the yeah. end of their time. Our, I mean, and they're and obviously our, they're an organized class had by an themselves. Unprecedented twenty year run is what we had. Yeah, obviously they're. I mean, they're in a class by themselves when it comes to that. But you get. 09 and 2010 were probably our down years, or I think what would be 08 and 09. Yeah, I was going to say, the year after the Super Bowl until 2012, obviously when they made the Super Bowl again, was that in-between time. But, yeah. Yeah, because the 2010 season, I don't know why I saw a graphic. 2010 season, we went 14-2. and So the 2009, which I think would have been 2009-2010 Super Bowl when the Saints won, Mm -hmm. that was the second heart of their down year because that was Brady's first year back. Yeah. But yeah, so I, mean, I got yeah, go on. I got yeah. I just don't. I don't know why. I, I've heard you say this at times. Like I just don't have that feeling that the Chiefs are going to be back. And everything that I've heard when I have listened to uh, you know the football offseason report is that you know the Browns are really like just extra focused. It's yeah, basically on. like the Browns and Bills year or bust is by the sounds mm-hmm. of it. Especially the Bills because they're loaded. And I think yeah, I think we get a. And this is, you know, September 5th prediction. I don't know if this will be the same on October 5th. But I think we have an AFC championship of the two two of the most cursed NFL teams we have, the Browns and the Bills. Yeah. So I think that's the showdown. I don't see, I don't see the, like I said last time, I don't see really anybody affecting the Bucks so long as Brady can be above average, really. Like, they sh- they're a loaded team on offense and defense. If Tom, if Tom Brady is a B minus quarterback who doesn't turn the ball over, he could be game manager and they'd win. Yeah, I don't was, I, mean, I don't foresee that happening. Like he has not slowed down. He has uh, a he hasn't. I mean I don't think he, I don't think he personally is going to. But he hasn't he has a chance at winning MVP this year with the weapons could, that he has. Very well. He, could. Like, the way he was throwing the ball. I mean the only thing that he needs to really kind of get a little bit better at for what he did last year was the deep ball accuracy because that was where he threw a lot of his picks because. The deep ball just wasn't his arm wasn't the same obviously as it was in 07 when his deep ball may have almost been his best pass with him and Randy Moss connecting. But All you do is throw it up for Randy. Yeah, and as I said, they're always on target for him, but he needs to just clean up the deep balls. Maybe not throw as many because I know towards the end of the season they like altered their offense to make it more of like a Patriot centric as they did rather than having the Bruce Arians full just run gun it offense. But he needs to just kind of clean up that. And other than that, obviously he's Tom Brady, so he's playing as he needs. He does. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, Bucks, Rams, Rams. Like I kind of talked about last time, Stafford yep. with this offense, with this team. You know, they're all they're all in for a reason. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They got the best defensive player in football, probably the best player in football, really. Aaron Donald, if you want to narrow it down, it's between him and Mahomes. Um, and Rodgers as well, obviously, we're coming off an MVP. But true, yeah. true. I was gonna say those, those, I mean, those are really the three guys that you'd put in that class. Obviously, Mahomes is just a little bit more special, it feels, than Rodgers. But obviously, Rodgers deserves to be in that conversation for. He's kind of, it's the Michael Jordan to Kobe in a different sense of like, Mahomes does like everything Rodgers does, just but it's different just cuz like Kobe came obviously Mike came before Kobe, Rogers came before Mahomes, but it's a different dynamic. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're different versions of each other. Mahomes definitely got that gunslinger to him just like Favre, just like Rogers. Um but I'm I'm real excited for this football season. I'm looking forward to it more than I have in quite some time cuz mm-hmm. uh yeah, the last year before 
before the COVID season was Brady's last season, and that just had a weird vibe to it all around coming off a of Super Bowl. And because uh, the Super Bowl run was almost for the Patriots, it wasn't plain, but it was. It wasn't sure. Flam- shit wasn't plain. It was. I was gonna say did. You talking I, about tw- uh, the 2018 season where they won it all? Yeah, no, it, the, I don't know. I felt weird coming off of that year, even though they won the Super Bowl. And I think it was because the Super Bowl was like the most plain Super Bowl that I've won. It was just, obviously, it was 13-3, to just a defensive game. For me, it was just all the drama, not drama, but the, all the reports with Tom Brady. And Bill. And that, because we'd, we'd gotten that for like three or four years of hearing, like, Brady's gone after this year, after this year, he could retire, this and that. Like, it was... Pretty dramatic, I would say, ever since really after. Let me think. It really been after 20. the Atlanta Super Bowl, but especially after the Philly Super Bowl is when stuff started to heat up. Cause well, yeah, because that was when Jimmy Garoppolo got moved, and that was really what started all of it was basically. Well, Brady's main thing was with the with how the Eagles Super Bowl was handled. I think with Malcolm yeah. Butler, with all that, mm-hmm. and whatever happened. And then Matt Patricia left, and everything got great on the defensive end. I don't know why he's back. I hope our, our defense is still going to be special, but I'm – as I've said many times on this podcast, not a fan of Matt Patricia. No, you but, are not a Matt Patricia guy whatsoever. But I don't think he's... It sounds like they almost have him succeeding Belichick the way he's set up, is what I'm hearing. But that, would be, <laughs> that would be terrible. I'd rather be McDaniels. If that, I mean, that's what you... Yeah, because they, they don't have him. All I know is, like, Patricia's been at practice, you know, at training camp. He, like... Like if Belichick's observing the offense or defense, he's observing the other side. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he's he's on the other field watching them, and he it looks like he's got. They have no official title for him, I guess, but it just looks more important than everyone else. I guess is the from what I'm hearing from these nice. Patriots reporters. But nice. that being said, look out for the Patriots this year. That could be a sleeper AFC Championship team if everything goes right with Mac Jones. Yep. I could see. And I think I said this last time. I think they're going to be a very ball control heavy, hoping for Mac Jones to, uh, you know, complete third and fours, third and fives, third and threes. So, like I think that's the situation they want to be in. Make it as easy as they can for Mac Jones to hey. succeed. And because uh, that's really the blueprint with Brady early was, you know, find a smart quarterback who's not going to turn the ball over. That's all they're looking for because they feel like they can score regardless, and they definitely have confidence in this defense. They're looking like. They're looking like they want to be the 0-1 Patriots again and go on that same kind of, all right, our defense is going to be... Do maybe, not sleep on them. As say, on this the defense is going to be historic. I'm not, that, not saying that this defense will be, but obviously that defense was. Yeah, that blue chipper's all around. That yeah, blue chipper's say, all around on that. You know, Brewski, uh, not Ronnie Harris. He wasn't there yet. But Lloyd Malloy, Ty Law, uh, people like Tabucky Jones even. Uh, who's the other quarterback or corner? They had a lot. They had a lot. Uh, yeah. Richard Seymour, yeah, I was obviously. Say, I always get it mixed up because I know some of the people they got later on because uh-huh. they got Richard Seymour. Obviously, they had uh, Willie McGinnis. Willie McGinnis was on that team. And then obviously Roman they had Ronnie Harrison. Like, And I always get mixed up because from that 01 to 04 time because I obviously was only 4 to 7. So <laughs> Yeah, so they had, they had blue chippers all around for a lot of that first half of that run, really. until yeah. Basically up until... Uh, that 09 season, like right after Brady got injured, really was in their defense, started to take some hits. The older guys left, and then they kind of retooled around yeah. 2012, I would say. They went from but they yeah. went from being that, oh, okay, so this defense is just lights out, to the bend but don't break defense. And then back to a loaded defense. And then back and to then the defense is lights out. Whatever with them. Mm-hmm. Once, once Flores and Belichick took it back over, 
you got more explosive results to me. But yeah, they always have a good scoring defense, as some people would like to point out. But there was definitely a time when they had some some lulls in that, especially during that that Giants Super Bowl and those seasons right there. Up until they got a key to leave, really. Yeah, but that Seahawks that Seahawks Super Bowl because that even before that, like. When we had to lead, that's when stuff started to balance out. Because before that, you could throw wherever on us. At least when we got to lead, we had a... Who do we have? We had a decent pass rush, some good linebackers. We always had good linebackers. We had well. Chandler we Jones had. at that point, and I think that was right before he left. Yeah, we got Chandler Jones. I think the same. I think Chandler Jones' rookie year was the same year we acquired mm-hmm. to lead. Because we got him like week eight of that year. Yeah. Some shit, whatever. We got him at the trade deadline. But Mr. Yeah. Chain Snatcher himself. Yeah, no, we. this definitely got some... Chain snatcher, yeah, yeah. We definitely got some remnants of old Patriots teams here. And I think, I'm not going to go on a limb and say they're making the AFC Championship game, but they're definitely a sleeper for that. Uh, Some things I'm looking for as a football fan, though, before we depart here, that I think is going to have a big effect on the season. More of an effect than normal, obviously, is this one game, this extra game that we have. I think that'll, that's got to... Do something to your game planning as a coach for some of these games. I don't know how it's going to balance out with the Thursday games. Like I don't know what the details of are the schedule, but mm-hmm. it's definitely going to take. I don't know. It's going to be different than your average 16, 17 week schedule. You know what I mean? I was so, going to say the eighteen coupled with the seven seed is not that you ever can in the NFL, but it almost feels like if you lose a game, it's not the end of the world. Rather mm-hmm. than. Like in the obviously when there were sixteens and you know, seventeen and sixteen games really you played, mm-hmm. it felt like every loss mattered heavily. I don't know. It takes a, you not have that slightly it, more breathing just, room. Just yeah, that I was one say, game. it just takes a little bit more in the seventh in the seventh seed. Obviously, the first year was last year, but with the seventh seed as well, it's like we can still get in the playoffs, and we can still get in the playoffs. And if we lose like a couple game stretch, won't kill your season. And. uh yeah, like I, so there's three preseason games, which I think they did before anyway, right? This wasn't the first year they've done three preseason I think games, they right? Did it last or was it? Year. I did, did they? Yeah, last year. I think they did last year. I could be wrong about so that one, though. Between that, the extra game, like I know the Patriots in particular, they usually take the first four weeks of the regular season and treat like that, like preseason, basically. Mm-hmm. Like they don't take it as serious. Uh, playbook wise, they don't take it as serious. Like they take the games serious, obviously, but they're not. Balls to the wall, I guess you could say. They don't throw everything. They don't throw everything at their opponents. They're te- they're learning and they're they're learning of, their own team. They're really learning their own team point. and they're trying different things. It's like okay, we can test this because it's week two against the Jets rather than it being week sixteen. We have to know who we are right now. So I think that combined with, and Tom Brady mentioned this with the number change. You know, when you see, it's gonna be a bit different from a quarterback's view to see like a linebacker wearing a 20 because that's usually a DB's number. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that, I think, you know, I think we're going to see maybe some interceptions and just some miscues on offense maybe that you wouldn't see before. Maybe they adjust that better, but I like when Brady said that, he was like, "Oh, like he was really pissed about the number changes and all that. How you can kind of have all the How do you feel about that by the way? Cuz I kind of feel like I liked the distinction between college and the NFL obviously they call the NFL the no fun league for stuff like this for not allowing them to have every number but I kind of liked the oh you're a linebacker you're 50 through whatever you know that yeah. kind of thing it's gonna be it's gonna be weird I think it's gonna be weird for 
a few years, probably for like five or six years. And then once you start getting college players who carry their number from the league, from college into the league, I'm eh on it. I think it's kind of cool. But like at the same time, if I was a player, it would throw me off because seeing a number nine come around the edge, like I think Jalen Smith is actually number nine, and seeing him come around the edge as a single digit number rather than him being fifty four, maybe I don't, I'm not actually sure if one hundred percent, but a number in the fifties rather than being a mm-hmm. single digit number, it's like oh, like for half a second, which is all that matters in the NFL, you may think differently about it. How about a, as a viewer, where like it, a guy might have a recognizable number, like you know such and such is going to be number 95 and now all of a sudden he's like 26 because I've had that happen a few times it's going to take a, it's definitely going to take a second because it's not like basketball and when someone has a number change you can still see their face mm-hmm. like obviously LeBron went from 23 to 6 to 20 like but it doesn't matter what lump number LeBron James is because that's a little different because it's uh, not assigned yeah, number I was for say, position yeah for sure and but you and you look at the court and you see LeBron there are some people like Jonathan Jones, where you're accustomed to them being number 31, and then say if he switches to number 9, you're going to be like, who is this Jones? And like, oh yeah, Jonathan Jones. Like, it's going to take a minute Tell to... Tell John Jones from the Patriots? Yeah. I just threw I just threw a random person just because <laughs> he... I, don't, I don't see many people up home at home getting upset of his number change, well, no, but I get, uh, I get what you're saying. I, I mean, saying. that's my point, is just like as an everyday, like, fan, the people who you come, uh, come accustomed to, even on your team, you're like... Mm-hmm. Who even is like, that? Wait, and then yeah, you're like, yeah. wait, am I a fan anymore? Like, what am I doing? And they're like, oh, never mind. Like, I clearly know who that is. So it's going to be definitely an adjustment period that I think after a few years, I'll be fine with it. But right now, it's a little weird, personally. Last question, because you mentioned LeBron. Um, how do you feel about the Lakers moves this offseason? Did I ask you that in the last one? No. I feel like I, maybe I just, yeah, I've had this talk with probably... A few people, so it seems like I've talked with you. No, about it. actually, so we, what we didn't really you, talk any basketball last time because yeah, we, had, we had so much music talk to go on, and we touched on football a little bit. Um, I think that the Lakers, who also picked up DeAndre Jordan yesterday, yeah, by the way, they they officially did. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I know they were. I heard that there were reports that they were looking to get him, but I didn't know if they actually officially got him. Um, I think their moves have been interesting. I liked them bringing Rondo back. I I think that they've improved their team from last year. I cuz I remember after last offseason I was like, okay, they had a phenomenal offseason because they won the championship. They got Trez, they got Schroeder, they got they got a bunch they added Everyone to, had them repeating last yeah, year after Yeah, cuz they added to what they already had, but then you saw people like Trez didn't even play in the playoffs really. It was weird. I think this year they got Obviously, Westbrook is Westbrook, so that's gonna be an it's gonna be an interesting dynamic to see how they fit. Give me together. your overall prediction for them, though. Like as of today, what's your over? Like, do you think it's a I would a say success, or do you think it's gonna be like when Nash and Dwight and Kobe and Gasol got together, and it was just a, a little too late? You know what I mean? Um. I think that it's going to be good with the potential of success. And I mean that as I don't think anything less than a championship is success for them at this point. Right. So I think it. I think they've done enough to get definitely like, um, not solidify, solidify, but definitely I would put them as of right now in the Western Conference Finals. Okay. So I think it's going to be, I think they're good moves, obviously, but I can't. 
definitively say a success until until I dive in more into like what everyone did in the season personally. Who's your conference finalist if you had to say right now? Lakers versus who? Whom? <laughs> Probably the Warriors because the Nuggets don't have Jamal Murray for a while. The Clippers are probably not going to have Kawhi for the season. I still Clay doesn't come back till December. I don't think that matters full as much as like well because think of who you have. You don't think their number two player matters? Well, no, I mean, oh, I think it matters obviously. But I'm, what I'm saying is, I think he can get right by the playoff time, and they showed that they can win games without him last year. So my my point is, I just don't know where they're getting the scoring from without him as much. You know what I mean? Yeah, Especially with Draymond's decline offensively. I think, I think that they can definitely. I mean, I think they were six games above five hundred without him last year in the regular season. I think they could be at that pace, maybe six to eight games above if you have a healthy Wiseman who was in and out all year. Obviously, it's hard for rookies to fully translate just like instant impact. But their rookies are nice, from what I saw in the summer league. So, and with the Nuggets, they obviously they don't have Jamal Murray. I don't know when he's going to be back. I don't know if you know that at all. He got injured towards. He got to injured towards the end of the season. And he tore his like ACL. March maybe. So I I feel like he's out so for the season. So probably probably to at least the All Star break. I was gonna say I feel like he's either out for the season or coming back towards playoff time. And I think that's too quick of a transition. With a, with Clay, I feel. His game translates more to coming back from injuries because he's a shooter. I don't know. Obviously, he's not gonna. He's gonna be body wise. He's gonna be fresh because he hasn't played in two, since twenty nineteen. The finals, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, coming off an ACL and coming off. Uh, yeah, that was to say. So it's gonna be interesting to see if it's the same. But Kevin Durant made me also feel better about it because you know when you see one player do it, you think that other player can do it. So seeing Kevin Durant come off that Achilles and look maybe the best version of himself ever, mm-hmm. it's like okay. And the Clippers are not going to have Kawhi. The Suns, I think... Kawhi are, in the way too sexy video. Did you see that? No, I didn't. See, I haven't seen the video. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's Drake, Future, Thug, and Kawhi at one point in this video. Oh, I don't know if you've seen the true. Boys to Men Water Runs, Runs Dry video back in the day, but they're mm. in a like, white sand desert. So they're imitating that. And it's, like I said, Drake, Future, mm. Young Thug, and Kawhi Leonard briefly coming doing, back a little, to Toronto. doing some R&B hands in it. Drake, so, Drake did say my uh, ring finger's too chubby unless Kawhi want to come back to town. He did say that. He did say that. <laughs> Some, or maybe not be the exact line, but something along those lines. I so, think the Suns take a little bit of a step back. Okay. I think they. I mean, I think they kind of more reminisce like the Heat. And also, I was talking to you on a prior podcast about how all pretty much all the teams that made it to the Western Conference Finals. In the Eastern Conference Finals two years ago, were out in the first round because it was the Heat, the Lakers, the Celtics, and the Nuggets, mm-hmm. and all of them were out by the second round. And how the the four teams that weren't were actually made it to the finals and did the, so. I think it's kind of going to be that again because off like of the, a month and a half off season though. Yeah, not I a th- long off. Season. I was going to say I, this is kind of a quick transition, a, a quicker transition than mm-hmm. regular. So I think after this year, it will get back to normal because you'll have the regular kind of time off i feel okay but i i kind of think that transition is going to come back again because you don't have the same off season even though last year's was shorter so i feel as of right now i feel it's going to be the warriors unless something changes that i don't know 
Okay. So I think Lakers Warriors will probably be the Western Conference Finals in the East. I think it's Nets Bucks. All right. Well, you gave us a pretty in-depth uh, five-minute NBA <laughs> Conference Finals prediction there. Yeah. About I, a month before we uh, have some actual predictions. So all right, all right. Yeah, I was gonna say that was just. I, I probably could have guessed those guesses, but yeah, yeah those make I was sense. Say that if the East feels not solidified, but it feels like there, those should be the teams. Obviously, with the Sixers being in turmoil right now with the whole Ben Simmons thing, and then it's obviously seeing how the Heat come back, how the Celtics have retooled, because those are really the other two teams. And then the East the, is going to be loaded this year. Yeah, those are the East. I'm going to say the Hawks. There's it's going to be loaded from like three down. I think me. all the way through. I mean, you got you got the Nets and Bucks, obviously, and then you got, like you said, Boston retooled, Miami retooled. You'll have That's the, the Knicks, the Knicks, uh, the Hornets. The Hawks, are, as you said. the Hornets are actually a little interesting. Hornets are up and coming. Uh, who else the, we got? The, I wouldn't say the East Pacers. Yeah, the Pacers, Pacers Raptors Carlisle. are always interesting. Raptors, you never know what they can do. Yeah, but exactly. no, it, the East is going to be very Philly. interesting. I think it's going. I think it's and all oh, the Bulls. The Bulls and made the Bulls moves. as well. Bulls made moves, but um, I think it's really the Bucks and the Nets are your two top teams, and I would have them there with the obviously, and then the next the next t- uh, tier for me would be the Heat, the Seventy Sixers, and that Celtics Bulls. Like that's both of those, and the Hawks. Like those, I feel like there are three tiers, and that would be all the pyramid that would be right now. All right. Yeah. 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 Well, we'll talk more NBA in about a month. Yeah. Uh, I'm saving saving some of those predictions for later on. He but, put me uh, on the spot, so I just had to give what I had. <laughs> he gave me quite a bit. So, yeah, about 45 minutes. Good good, uh, good podcast. Good show. Good show. Keenan, good run here in the 802 at Thank the start you. of the Warner Brothers podcast. Mark, in some ways, new beginnings for the Warner Brothers podcast. You'll be there, so maybe we'll have some on-site Tampa shows. Funny enough, I'm going to be in Tampa like pretty much the day you move in for a wedding. Oh, really? Or not move in, but the same day you arrive there, I'll be getting into near Tampa. It's actually in Clearwater, but I'll be flying into oh, Tampa. Oh, that's like uh, 30 minutes away, I think. Yeah, basically. So we will be in the same... So maybe, I doubt I'll have time, but maybe we'll get a little recording Yeah, that. I'll be but, intri- I mean, I'll obviously be moving stuff in and everything, so maybe... Maybe if we can find the time, we can do something quick. Never know. But, uh, yeah, either way, good show. We'll, we're out of here. It is, what time we got right now? About 9.06. 9.06. Quickly, just want to say, follow us, Warner Brothers Podcast, on Instagram. Follow us at Warner Bros Pod on Twitter as well. Don't even follow our Twitter, actually. Our Twitter ain't even active. Just follow our IG. I was just worried about the Instagram. Just worry about the Instagram, I guess. Twitter, we're Gucci. we right now. Yeah. Be safe. Be easy, y'all. Labor Day weekend. Have a good one. Warner Brothers Podcast. Peace.